0: Into the Combat the Combat Show. you tuned into the Combat the Combat Show. Hey, yo, internet, what's up? you tuned into the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com, man. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody that's been coming out and supporting the Combat Jack Show live experience. You know, Brooklyn was in effect, man. Shout out to Young Guru. Shout out to DJ Miss Milan you know New Orleans July 1st was crazy with with, with Currency and his DJ man and everybody that came out the Essence Fest man that was beautiful shout out to Experience Acid yo Internets man I definitely want to thank y'all for coming out man to the to our very first um launch of the Combat Jack show live tour in Brooklyn shout out to G Star shout out to Ken shout out to Young Guru shout out to um our sponsor Experience Acid listen Acid is 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 affiliated with um Swisher Swisher Sweets is 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 new brand of cigarillos and you know what i'm saying i don't necessarily smoke the cigarillos but y'all know what y'all could use it for man support acid because they're definitely supporting us and it's supporting us specifically and bringing us to you um what else is going on yo um not trying to sell y'all because you know we got our ads coming up our mid rolls and the whole not but y'all definitely got to go online and support this upcoming especially you brits you know what guan bruv um i'm gonna be in london man july 12th man i'm interviewing kano kano made in the manner his album is dope um, I just got put onto the Netflix series uh, Top Boy. That shit is fly, man. That shit is like, uh, I don't want to say it's like the the UK version of The Wire, but that's the closest thing. It's like a cross between The Wire and Money and Violence. Mm. But it's, it's well. Have you seen it, King? No, not yet. Why not?
1: I don't have a Netflix account. Why not? Uh, you know, the economy is bad. Man. E-
0: no, economy is about to be bad with Brexit.
1: Listen, oh, Brexit. Brexit is your is your, is your dollar going to convert out there?
0: Man, I don't even know. As long as they don't they don't pay me in <laughs> stones, my shit is good, man. Yo, shout out to everybody and Nola, man, New Orleans, man. Like, we came down there for the Essence yes. Fest, man. Currency rocked. It's been and his everybody flame. came out, man. Such a beautiful event, man. We drove down there and drove back up. That shit was grueling.
1: Shout out to King, House man. You gotta stop
0: farting, man, when you sleep, my nigga. I don't know what you're talking about. Nigga, you gotta stop. I have no idea. That's, what your, you're that's your new about. name, Farts with a Z, my Please. nigga. Please. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yo, all them stops, man. Waffle House, the whole nine. Listen, man, that shit was beautiful.
1: 24 hours of brutalness.
0: 24 hours. Listen, man, this is we're taking it back to Brooklyn, man. We got a special guest here tonight. It's been a long time, man. I've been hearing your name circulating. Throughout the internets and through some of my even my closest private circles, man. You've been doing a great thing in Brooklyn with the Hip Hop Brooklyn Festival, man. Let's welcome to the Combat Jack show, Mr. Wes Jackson, man. How are you, man? I'm
2: good, I'm good. What's up? What's man, up, fellas? Welcome
0: to the show, man.
2: Nah, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So you we got see. a you got a you got another festival coming up, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. The twelfth annual Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival jumps off July uh thirteenth and mm-hmm. it ends on the sixteenth. So a couple, couple of weeks. Couple of weeks, man. You ready? I better be at this point. Now, Yo, now nah, nah, we good. We good.
0: You've been blessed, man, to, to 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 lock down some people that are very hard to lock down, man. Like like Jay Electronica. Yeah, a couple of years ago, who bought out Jay Z and, and the Nation of Islam, man. Can you talk about that?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was our tenth anniversary in uh, two thousand fourteen, right. so two years ago, and uh, it, it it was a very sort of interesting year because the previous year in thirteen we had like Pusha T, EPMD, and Redman. And just the way some things shook out, it was not sort of financially a good year. Um, some business things weren't handled properly, you know, on our end. And I thought long and hard about maybe that it was time to, to pull the plug.
0: Right. So you, you just you took an L.
2: Yeah, I took an L. Took, it, it, took did, a, was
0: it an L, or did it dig in your personal pockets?
2: Well, listen, this is independent. So whenever the, all the L's come out of my right. personal pocket, there's no, there's no backstop. You right. know what I mean? Um, but you know, we all, you know, you run a business, it's the risk you take. So I thought long and harsh and so maybe, maybe it's time to pull the pin. We had a good run, keep it moving. And then the, the, the movement the kind of the, the energy was like, let's try to get just to 10 years and let's go hard and let's see where that leaves us. So the sort of story goes when I was really having one of these down moments when I was really about to give it up, um, walking around Fort Greene Park and um, Exhibit C comes on, mm. sort of the headphones.
0: What up, Just Blaze. Yeah,
2: exactly. Word up. Word up, Just Blaze. And I just wound up walking around the park maybe like for, for two, almost three hours, and the joint was just on loop. And I just was not paying attention to the time. And
0: hold up, hold. Up. You just walked around the park for three hours.
2: Just walking around, just. I mean, I was depressed. I was, you know, it's it was a tough time. Right. I was thinking about quitting, and I was just on a walk. And you I wasn't thinking realize.
0: about suicide, though. No,
2: no, no, thank, no. thank you, my thank brother. Goodness, thank goodness. It thank wasn't you. that bad, right? Although, you know, it, that's that's something we're going to discuss in the festival this year okay. about um, sort of dealing with depression and anxiety. Right. But anyway, I sort of had one of these like out of body experiences, where I didn't really understand what was going on. But I think those his words were just playing in my head again and again, and I said, you know what, well, we're gonna do it again. If Jay could overcome being homeless mm. and all the struggles he's going through, what am I really complaining about? Because you know I'm carrying a little bit of debt, and then um, you know it just hit me like a lightning bolt. Said we got to get him. Like if if he's the one, if his energy is kind of giving me the motivation, we got to get him. And then you know we got it. it How did you get him,
0: man? Because I dubbed Jay Electronica <laughs> the hip the rap unicorn. <laughs> because like he's like you know all love and, and shouts to, to to electronica i'd love to get him on the show man but he's like one of those mythical creatures man that may may not not exist you spot him and it's like was he really here like exactly. how the fuck did you lock him down
2: <laughs> i mean we're well, now looking back on it i think there was a lot of people you know sort of working so sort the of angels working for us that i did not know about he was he was very familiar with the festival um, you know, he had been a fan of what we were doing and just started hitting hit management, hit agents, hit his people's, you know, people in London. Shout out to my man Naheem out in London who's his role manager, uh, who had worked with Yassin. So I had met him uh in 2011 when we did the Q tip year. So I was just kind of hitting at all the little different points. Um and I, I wrote this I sort of labored over this email that I sent to his manager, um, Kate. Um just kind of explaining to her that he needed to do this. Like this uh, hip hop needed him to do this. And they just, I guess they just believed me. And, now, w- uh,
0: were you worried that he was going to show up or not?
2: Nah, I was not really worried about him showing because th- it was like, once you get him to commit, because it would have been so hard to get him to commit. I was like, he's not going to, you know, front now he right. would have fronted. He would have just dissed me before, but you know, it comes out that, you know, Coachella wanted him, Bonnaroo, Afropunk, Governors Ball, everybody was after him, and he basically took my offer. It Was the only offer he had taken in three years. Wow! Um, and this is again why I rock with Jay, you know, to the end because he he saw what we were doing and he believed in it and and apparently you used to talk about when he brought out Jay Z. As soon as he agreed to do my gig, apparently he the next call was the Jay Z.
0: Did and you know this?
2: I, I did not know that until the the week before the festival. Right. But he had been working on it himself and his team for months. Uh, So he he immediately was like, if we're going to do this in Brooklyn, we're going to do it right. Hung up with with me and was like, yo, Hov, we got to do this. How did
0: you hear about the possibility (coughs) of Jay touching the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival stage?
2: Well, how we heard, we kind of knew because the the On the Run tour was going on. And when the routing came out, we realized that they were going to be in Giant Stadium that weekend. So uh, Tatiana uh, Sai, who was our, our talent buyer, my right hand back then, she was like, "Yo, Jay gonna come?" She was like, "Jay wants to see Jay Z- Hove wants to see Jay Electronica as much as anybody else." Right. So he's not gonna front on this because he who knows where he's gonna see him right. again. And I was like, "That ain't gonna happen." I said, "Jay out there making that money, they making three million a night. You think he gonna come <laughs> and rock with our little sorry ass?" Uh, but she was like, "Watch, watch." So we always had that kind of feeling. But the funny thing was about three weeks before the festival, we started having like almost daily conference calls with his team and all this other stuff. And we were like, why are they so anxious? They wanted ticket reports. They wanted to know about porta potties mm. They wanted to know about, we need six blacked-out SUVs. And we were like... Islam. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> you don't need all of these SUVs. And one time, we were on the phone call, I think it was with Naheem, and he was asking us all these kind of odd questions. Like and what? Like, um... <laughs> The entrance, where is it going to, where's the entrance? How many? How much security is going to be in there? And can you get these, like, again, it was these blacked-out SUVs. And it, it was a fair question, but it was like, you why are you so concerned about how you can get in and out right. quickly? And then we heard in the background, like, um, the clicking that somebody else was on the line. And then we hung up the phone. We was like, yo, Jay, Electronic was on the line right now. And I think, and I, this is unconfirmed, but I think... For all those calls, he was quietly in the back right. testing us right. to make sure we had our shit together right. because he knew Hove was coming. These were really questions from Hove, wow. like, I got to come in, I got to get out, I need to be safe. So we were kind of doing the advancing for Jay-Z and didn't even realize.
0: That's crazy. It. Yeah. Were you also aware that the, the, the Nation of Islam the, 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 would, would show up?
2: No, we had no... Well, at the very end, when, we, when he sent his list... He was like he wants to come with the with the nation and some of the FOI, uh, but we didn't know it was going to look like that. He came for soundcheck looking like, you know, in house shoes and 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 shorts and everything. He was just like joking or whatever. But then he came back, you know, for the show in the outfit. And We was just like, okay, oh, but but they they came from rehearsal that morning, right? And they they had they were in the sort of the backstage area going through their movements, wow. and we was like, yo, how this is many? Like
0: this. How many? Approximately? How many?
2: He must have had maybe a dozen on stage with Okay. Him. Okay. But there, there was probably twenty five.
0: Wow, so he came deep. Yeah.
2: When he came back, they was all in there and they were sort of his security. And again, <clears throat> they were providing a little bit of extra security when, when Jay Z came. Um uh, but yeah, we saw them doing their little it was like the S one W's on steroids. That's amazing, you know? it man. Was, Yo, how, how does it
0: what it? is on J Electronica's
2: rider? You know <laughs> Bean Pie. Nah, it was it was, I mean it was pretty it was pretty standard. It was you know nothing fried, no pork, that type of stuff. But the interesting thing with that, it was quite extensive, and liquor and all this other stuff. But it was during Ramadan was the festival, so they just sent the rider and not realizing. And then when they all got in there, they walked into the trailer and it was just this ill spread. And it was just like, ah, oh, come on. And they all turned right around. It was like, <laughs> y'all, you can't do that to me. Right. And they just sat there and had to, you know, that beautiful struggle all day. I don't know how they did it in that sun. And, you know, I think Dre took, Jay took one sip of water. Right. And they waited until sundown. And then they took all the food and left. Yeah.
0: So. They didn't take the liquor, though.
1: Who took the liquor, though? Who took Somebody the liquor. took the liquor. Can you
0: got to talk the mic, man.
1: Who took the liquor, though? Who's supposed to be drinking liquor in the nation of Islam? No. I, I'm not. Allegedly. I don't know. The liquor was going was when your, I went into the box.
0: Over all your years of running this <laughs> festival, man, knowing that that Jay Electronica didn't have who had the most pork
2: on their writer. <laughs> <Let's laughs> the most pork,
0: yeah, like you know, what I'm saying bologna and ribs <laughs> and like who, like who had the most pork, man? Yo, dude? you
2: know what? To to, to keep it hundred with you, I think everybody has like a no pork. Really, I can't think of anybody. I I, I actually kind of remember, you know, Ghostface, Karis, one. You know, we had Pusha T. Pusha T just wanted chicken fingers. He had the simplest rider. He wanted like chicken fingers and like apple juice or something. <laughs> uh, so I think I think it, it, I think it goes the other way. Most everybody doesn't want that. The riders are pretty healthy. Maybe right. Busta had.
0: What did Busta had, have?
2: Jesus Christ! Busta
1: had a lot. Busta had a lot going Mike on. Mike and way. Ikes. Whey protein. Creatine. <laughs> <laughs> Creatine <laughs> shots.
2: Um, he the funniest thing is that he busted one of those um, Martinelli apple. apple juice yes
0: sparkling or non sparkling non sparkling okay
2: and when it it was a long listen when it didn't come he flipped the fuck out when he got in there and there was no apple juice oh man it was a very odd thing to be like right. this is this is the thing you know <laughs> but you know that was it but everybody he he probably had the least healthy Q tip had a, a very like no fried foods, certain foods couldn't even be around him. Right. Like, he didn't, he, no fried foods in his trailer, but he wanted no fried foods in the whole backstage vicinity, no pork, no beef, no red meat. Because he's Muslim also. Yeah. yeah. And Tip, 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 he wanted, you know, steamed salmon and real healthy stuff, and he wanted a, um, like, a couple, like, venti coffees from Starbucks Mm. that had to be Right before he walked, nice on. and hot, nice and hot, nice and hot. And then I think the only thing he had was the coffee. He didn't eat anything else. It's funny they all get this stuff and they never.
0: I mean, of course. You know. Let me ask you, man. This this is what year? Your, your, what year is this?
1: Our twelfth year. Your
0: twelfth year. Yes. How did you get Godson? How did you get Nas, man, as a headliner? Because Nas is another one, man. Nas has been so instrumental in building this 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 thing that we call hip hop. But he's also a hard to like he's also a, a different variation of yeah. a rap unicorn man
2: well you know i we've been trying to get Nas for years right. right maybe at least 3 years maybe if not 4 years he was always on the list um and i was sort of inquire and to be honest i think i couldn't afford it right we were just not at that level that we can make that sort of financial commitment right. but the funny thing is talking to you know king about the podcast i listened to so i had made contact with anthony his manager yes. For a while, and we did a screening mm-hmm. where y'all going to be at the Brooklyn Historical Society at the yes. time is ilmatic. So the director of that film is is my man one nine, one of the co-directors one nine and Eric. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I sure. know one nine for you know twenty years. So I was trying to get it, and I go to the agent, and agent give me this like astronomical number, and I listened to when Anthony was on Elliot Wilson's podcast, and I was listening to just, just what Anthony was. Talking and how his energy and how he was moving, and I said it to Jules. I was like, yo, Anthony's kind of, is one of us, like he's broadcasting at a high level, but he's one of us, he's down for the culture, he's down for the struggle, and I was like he he will get what we're selling. So I went to one nine and I was like, yo, give me Anthony's direct email and again, I crafted this long email kind of almost pleading my case, and Anthony emailed me back. And CC the agent, and he was like, "Get the deal done." That's dope. And it was really that simple. But I to to any young people, you know, who who listen to your podcast, the, we've accomplished so much by being able just to communicate our mission and our passion. And
0: by being honest.
2: By being honest. The Email I sent to Q Tip. The email I sent to to, to Q Tip's manager Kiana at the time. To Kate for Kate for J Tronica. To Anthony for Nas. It's me being able to be like, listen, this is what I'm about. And I'm bearing my soul in here and more times than not, they like, I got you. Let's do it. And Anthony, you know, shout to him. He just I don't put you know, put the business out there, but the the agent gave me a number like this. Anthony said, Give him this number. That's dope. And So they came down. They they they, you know. Relative, you know, <laughs> the, you know, a discount a, for them is still,
0: it's still, still, it's, a, a little gouge out the pocket. It's still, it was, it's still a,
2: you know, it's a grip. It's right. a grip for an independent like me, but you know, it's, uh, I didn't even, but I wasn't going there like begging, like yo hook, you know, hook a yeah. brother up because he, what he wanted, I was like, that's a legit number. Nas is worth that number. Yeah. I don't mean you any disrespect. I just don't have that number. Right. But and this is what I'm going to do. Blah blah blah. If you say no, it's cool. And he was just like. We good. We are we gonna support you. We we got so many things going on. We uh, we see what you doing. We are gonna support you. If
0: you didn't get Nas this year, who would you be focusing on?
2: <sighs> little Yachty? Uh, I'm joking. Little I'm joking. Uzi Vert. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. And uh, no, Z- no, 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 never. Who Who are you looking um, at, man? F- um, well, Fab. We had actually done the deal with Fab right. first. Right. Mm. And which was an interesting story because we went to Fab and then I was like, Yo, let me just send this email to Ant and take one last shot. And then he said yes. So I had to kind of go back to Fab, like, Um, yo, I know we had done this deal for you, to headline, but Nas came on. Right. And then shout out to Lenny S yes, and all that. I mean, he was like, You're killing me, but I get it. Right. You know, that's that's real hip hop. But it would have just we would have just done it without. We were fully prepared to go with Fab and Quali. Uh, you know, because Talib Kweli, that's been my man since I started my career. Another one that I wanted to get for years. And I think as an artist, it probably represents us better than anybody else. So I would have just rocked with them and been, we would have been just full Brooklyn, Fab and Kweli. We had a whole thing. Right, Jules, what was it? Like the Kings? It was like the the, the Kings come home. We had a whole, me and Jules had the whole County. thing. Mm. Yeah, the Kings of Kings County. We were totally fine. I just literally take a shot in the dark. Cause I was like, I, I feel it. That's a it.
0: great shot, man.
2: And then it worked. So. so,
0: so is Fab still on the bill?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah Fab oh, is still there. So who? it's it's Nas, Fab, Quali, and Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Are, are
0: wow, Rhapsody is getting that shout out to Rhapsody, man. Yeah.
2: But, and Rhapsody was another one that we had been trying for about two years, trying to work with the Jamal and Ninth Wonder, and we actually probably had booked Rhapsody first, right? Because I was just like, we've been missing each other, and we and. and couldn't match numbers and schedules, so right when we when I was like, let's just get you, when well, we we'll lock you down, and then we, we actually built. So we actually went backwards. We did rhapsody then Kweli, then Fab, you and quality then fast built it up. Was, yeah, um, it
0: are you conscious of whenever you start putting a show together? When you whenever you start putting a festival together, are you conscious about women's presence? Like the the, the, the women's presence. Like what's 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 your thought process in saying you know women have contributed to this culture. Yeah, as much as men have, but they haven't received the recognition of the props.
2: Yeah, you know that's that's a complicated issue for us, and we've gotten a lot of slack over the years about we are the women, and we've been sort of, I think, unjustly criticized for. It. Who, who, but,
0: who slanders you with this? Man? You
2: know the the internet, the internet, the, the Black feminists? No, no, not black
0: no. feminists. You know, I got love for y'all.
2: You know, we we get these sort of you know from. I mean, it happens from just general randoms. Um we have about our office is about eighty to ninety percent women. Right. So it happens right internally. You know, shout out Trineice who's here. You know, so
0: hey, w- we'll get that sort
2: of <laughs> you know, criticisms like, yo, what's the deal? And oddly enough, um like the park, like our partners, like some of these like corporate partners and older older white women will be like, This is nice, but where is it where is the women? Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not because of lack of um trying it's and and I, I might get as much heat for this is that there are just not that many choices there're not enough choices right there's there's this many there's a very small number of women in the game to begin with right so therefore just by the mathematics the number of people who really could have the gravitas to to be on my stage and i'm not trying to be arrogant you have slim pickings right, right? so then what you happen is you have these few women who do have the status and the skills and the discography to do it and the laws of economics, mm-hmm. they have a very high price mm-hmm. that I think is not commiserate with their draw. Right. But they know, well, if you want a woman, where, where else let are you going to go? Right. Yeah. Right. It's like they, they, are the only person on the block with the product. And I feel that they do themselves a disservice by sort of, by being a, by sort of giving themselves into supply and demand so you just, you know, so it's like, yeah, I want you, you're maybe like a B or C level artist and you want $15,000, 20, $25,000, something that, you know, an, not to put people's business, something like a quali can sort of command who's touring. Kuali getting that twenty five k Well, I don't Ta- no, Talib, I'm saying. You getting saying, that
0: twenty five k Talib
2: <laughs> I, I he, he deserves it. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not putting his business out there, but, but he deserves it. So I think the, the problem... I always say it's the problem with women, MCs in hip hop, women in hip hop, they don't reinvest in their own brand enough. If they had if they would sort of drop their prices so that they could play more, they would stimulate We gotta more. turn that
0: phone off, man. We gotta turn it off. We gotta turn it all the way off. <laughs> Sorry about that.
2: That's all right. But I think I think they would do better if they would just sort of they complain about there's not enough opportunities. And then the few opportunities that come they sort of raise the price which which only guarantees that there's not going to be that many.
0: Do you think it's because you say that they don't get a lot of opportunities? Do you think it's because they want to maximize on the opportunities that come yeah. and cash in?
2: Yeah, you got to cash out. Right. There's this sort of desperation right. of like, well, you never know when our window's going to close. So we have to get all the money we possibly can, which is fair, which is a fair uh, business practice. But that is not how you build a category right. is if you pull all of the money out
0: what women have been on the stage
2: we've had um Eternia, uh who's a great m c from um in canada we've had uh moni love uh, you know has has been through there we've had several um sort of singers we have Maya Azucena has mm-hmm. been out there we've had a lot of we do well with sort of like that soul funk kind right. of vibe uh I'm
1: trying to think of.
2: It's really, it's 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 embarrassing he, how low it Jean is. Has never been on it? Gene has never been on there. No, Gene right? yeah. does not. Gene is Jean. one of these people Jean that we Jean. have a problem with. Right. Okay. She's been very public about her criticism of us and sort of demanding, well, I'm from Brooklyn and I should be on that sort of stage. And then you go and try to do the deal and it's just like, I can't match the number.
0: What are her, some of her specific criticisms?
2: Well, her criticism is that we don't support her is right. her criticism. Right. Uh, and, and this thing of that she's been a Brooklyn and she's Brooklyn born, has been in the game for so long, and that, you know, we're not sort of we're disrespecting her by not booking her. When in reality we've tried to on right. multiple occasions and we just can't match numbers. And as and I'm running a business, she's running a business. I'm not just gonna give you whatever number you ask for if I can't justify it on the back end. Um so I think again, and I'm not trying to get into anybody's business, but it would just I if, if my advice to women is like it is tough out there for you, there's not a lot. So but you gotta you gotta reinvest. You gotta try to open up some more doors, get more women performing so that more women will perform and right. people will understand how many dope women there are out there. And that's why we're Rhapsody, who is a very Woo! shout out to Tia and Ninth Wonder and her whole team, very reasonable, smart business people. I sat there and said this. I said, Listen, I know what you want, but this is what I got. We met in the middle like any other business person. And I said, Let's do it. I said, You do it. You're dope. And and the other thing is I'm not gonna put you on there just because you're a woman. Because some people are just complaining about it. You have to be nice. I don't care whether you conscious or, you know, a little bit more street like fab or you White or All Puerto the way Rican whole
0: tap or whatever,
2: you, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you could have, you know, just don't come. People come to me and be like, "Yo, look, Wes, I got a black medallion because they think I'm some sort of bougie backpacking dude." I'm like, "I am, but you still got to be nice." You still got to rock. rock, yeah. That don't mean nothing. Yeah. So then we found what Rhapsody was the perfect storm,
1: and she raised the bar too. She got a Grammy now, so any chick that come after her, they got. It. She said standard already. Yeah, and she's
2: and she's act. I feel like Rhapsody is actively doing that of mm-hmm. saying like. I'm on and I'm going to get my money but I'm going to try to open this door so that more people, more great MCs can come and now if those great MCs are young women then that's, that's fantastic it. as well.
0: Have you ever thought about having Erica Badu mm. on that stage? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Have you tried to get her? We I think we tried maybe a couple years ago right. sort of um weekly, but I would love to get uh Badu which which is is um yeah, I think Erica is, would be perfect. Erica's yeah. is, is hip hop, you know. Then we get she, to this, and she's
0: got that Brooklyn. Even though she's Dallas, she she spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. Yep, she's yep.
2: right down there, right on Fulton, exactly, you know, right down at Fort Green. And I think we get into this debate about what is hip hop, right. right? And I have a very broad definition, so I think that you know you look at Erica, you listen to her music, you listen to her. She's politics. definitely God-body. Yeah, she's down with us. I think there's some people who try to co-opt her and and try to say she's actually this other genre, right? Um, but I would love to – I mean, my one of my goals is to sort of open up the type of artists that we can get and get the, the Ericas. I tried to get D'Angelo hard mm. when he first came back, when he sort of came out of his – With Black his, Messiah or before that? Before that, when he first came out that exile, when he did Made in America. Right. Maybe that was like two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, and, well, that's a whole other issue. But I couldn't – he – I had – there was some corporate forces who had just basically locked him up.
0: Right. Listen, man, there's not a lot on you on the internet. King did great research this week because I, I, I was tied up. So thanks, King, on the research. Um, there's not much on you, man. But so, so tell us about your background. Where, where are you from originally?
2: I'm originally from the Bronx, I'm from the Soundview section of the Bronx. Okay,
0: now, now how is it, Ka, from the, why, why is it not the Bronx Hip Hop Festival? Like, what the fuck, man?
2: <laughs> and a lot of people from back around the way, or Boynton, or shout out Boynton Avenue, like to give me that heat especially on facebook well i went so i i grew up in, in the sort of southeast bronx whatever
0: uh, what was your what was your hip-hop era man
2: i'm you know i was born in 1973 so okay. i'm 42 years old right. well, i'll be 43 so i'm like you know sugar bro- hill gang well I, I was assured that's the first record i remember of here. course my brother rob buying the sugar hill record and playing it on a little plastic turntable so that Run DMC was the first Tougher than Leather was the first. Okay. Um no raising hell. It was the first record I ever bought.
0: So we talk like eighty five, eighty six, yeah. so I in seventy three, yes. Yeah. Right, so right. eighty
2: five, I'm twelve years old, got a little money in my pocket, tapered, red alert, you know what I'm saying, Mr. Magic. Well, I was more a kiss person, so Chuck Chill Chuck, out. Chill red out alert. alert, yeah. Yeah, so the Bronx you couldn't listen to Mr. Magic right, right, back right. in those days. Um so, yeah, all of that, you know, sort of th- that, that's really my era. And I'm, you know, obviously Karis won um, Coogee rap that summer 87, all of that was when I sort of came into my own. Um, but, you know, me, my, I mean, my story is simple is that me and my middle brother, Rob, grew up together. We were like the smart kids in the neighborhood. My parents sort of leveraged everything to send us to. Private schools in the city. What's, what schools you go to? I went to the Buckley School, okay. on the Upper East Side, right? Um, so I was that kid in a suit, in a tie, you're, you're,
0: you're fancy, yeah, on, fancy. The,
2: on the 54 bus, right? Going by 123, getting like you know the ill looks, and you know maybe having to get a few tussles because they don't think you you know you think you are soft, right? Um, so we had that experience, and then actually I, from there I went to actually went to boarding school. I went to boarding school in New Jersey. I went to the Lawrenceville School. In Southern New Jersey, and then from there, I went to University of Virginia. Okay. Um. So, but all the while, so I was lived this life of, you know, with the muckety mucks, the elites of the elites. That kid, uh, Donald Trump Jr. When I was in ninth grade, he was like in fourth grade. It was that Buckley was that type of. Was kid. he a little jerk face? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely <laughs> was. <laughs> was a jerk. He face. was. He was. Nobody liked the kid. Right. Down there he used to, I used to get run up on back then if he was a little too young, I probably would have ran up on him too,
0: but you know talk about like if you can man viscerally talk about um maintaining or the balance of maintaining what your developing identity is as this kid from the Bronx who I'm assuming is working class middle class yeah, yeah, which one working or middle? working middle is that working a thing? middle
2: like a you know like a solid to low middle, I guess i I grew up kind of like a low working, and maybe I took one step up.
1: I
0: you, think you're in the Bronx. You're in the golden era. You 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 mentioned in Cool G rap. You mentioned in Kara Swan, but you're in the you know in, in this whole different world, man. Like, how do you not lose yourself? Well, I think I mean to to. Well, how do you define yourself?
2: Well, I think I define myself. So after I got got out of Virginia, right, and I wanted to get into the music business.
0: I'm sorry, by the way, internet's... Fuck y'all for telling me, stop interrupting, I'm going to interrupt. What was your, What were you studying in Virginia?
2: <laughs> I was an English major. Okay. Uh, with an a African-American history minor. Okay. So I always wanted to get into communication, right. but Virginia didn't have a program. My dad just said, learn how to write well, which goes back to these little stupid emails that I write that have been so successful. And what'd your dad do? I'm sorry. My dad was, he was an entrepreneur, so which is where I get the hustle from, but he would be, I guess, in what you would call now IT. He was like the computer guy. He ran a lot of the IT department at Toys R Us mm. corporate in right. New Jersey. And your mom's? And my mom was administrative. She was like a office manager, receptionist. Okay. My whole life, uh, you know, man. My mom's passed away about sixteen years ago. So, um, and thankfully, my dad is still here. But um, so we had the sort of. My dad was always. He's a Harlem dude. Always had a job and two other hustles. Uh, and my mom kind of held us all down um, and it sort of managed that interesting relationship. Yeah. Um, but so you come back to, so I came back to New York and the energy was in Brooklyn. So to your point about why I did, I lived in the Bronx for a little bit, but then eventually went to, to Brooklyn because, you know, Yasin was here, Kwali was here, Big was still alive, mm. you know, Jay was on the come up, Jay Rue. Guru Premium. It was all. Boot war. camp. Boot camp, yeah. Buckshotting them.
0: R.I.P. Sean Price.
2: Yep. That was my first job was passing out stickers for Smith & Wesson. Really? Yep. That was my very first job. I used to go to Jamaica. I used to go to Jamaica Ave, Fulton Street, and hand out Smith & Wesson for President buttons uh. that they had made. So the energy was there. So that's why I just I kind of gravitated to it here. The energy just was not in the Bronx anymore. Right. Um But in terms of how I keep it balanced is, you know, I don't uh, – I, I consider myself – kind of an academic, right? A student of hip hop. So I think when you can become that objective and be and maybe this is an English major, but I mean, you can take a step back. You can just appreciate the art for what it is. It doesn't necessarily be my I have an affinity for my era, but you know, when you're when you can reach a level of enlightenment, you can say, listen, this was cool for then, this is was cool then, that was whack, that was whack. And 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 I think that's what I've sort of dedicated my professional life to, is is giving people that analysis of saying, listen, I don't I don't like the, you know, designer or something like that. That's the big designer debate, and I'm like, I'm not a designer fan. I just you know I'm I'm a 42 year old man. I, if I'm running around dabbing, screaming, panda, I mean, I'm a clown. I'm that dude in the. Club. I'm a designer fan. Are you?
0: I am. See. I'm, and, and I'm and I'm older than you, so I, I guess I'm a big ass clown.
2: <laughs> no, no, I just don't be in there acting. You know, go and have a conniption fit like he does. Listen, man, <laughs> listen. Clown. Have
0: you seen him perform? He has great live. energy. Have you seen him perform live? Not, not. Listen, when you see that man perform, I saw him perform for the first time at South by Southwest on that Fader Fort. And there's, there's there's only a handful of people that I've seen. And regardless, I mean, Panda. Like, I mean, that was you know. I mean, you already know what his show is. But there's a handful of people that I've ever seen in hip hop put that level of energy yeah. on stage. One of them is Busta Rhymes, who I think is you know probably the goat hip hop performer of, of all time, him, maybe him, DMX. DMX yeah. You know, KRS yeah. is a whole different level. But so seeing the next generation putting that amount of perfor- performance, you got to give it to that. Right,
2: kid. and that's what I'm saying is right. I don't like it, but right. the the fan of me, I'm not. I can step back and appreciate. Right. it. Right. I mean, I just think I. Because he's not—he's an MC, and you don't know what words he's saying. Right. That's a, that's just—that's a non sequitur for me. I don't—I don't get it. This right. is a verbal art form, and if you're just in here mumbling and bumbling through things, I so just—you're not
0: a fan of Timmy Turner.
2: I don't even know who that is.
1: Oh, that's the freestyle. Well, <laughs> the designer freestyle for the Double XL freshman. Is he that the song? Oh, when he's snapping it. <laughs> which well, well, which well, and is... a burger,
0: fish <laughs> fries, and a murder. What was the thing he was like? saying?
1: Chicken Parmesan. He was talking about an yeah. uh, incident that happened. Like, a, what was it? A, uh, I forget what it was. Some kind of brutality. I don't know what the deal, because I mean, I can't listen. I don't know what the... He would be better <laughs>
2: off. I was telling him in the office. He'd be better off doing that, just to sort of like sing and harmonize where you're just sort of getting these words where his, his voice is an instrument. Yeah. But when you're trying to spit as an MC and I don't know what words you're saying and it's just, nah, 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 nah. you got to go over there. Like some I, of them say they're me.
1: not rappers though. They're rock stars. They cake behind that ideology as well.
2: Then go, then I'm a hip hop so, dude.
1: So, then so, we so, don't have so, nothing to talk. You know what I mean? That we're not in the same So space. where do you
0: stand with somebody like a future then?
2: Your future, I'm not a future fan either. Again... I, again, the fan of me, I'm not buying future records. I can appre- I, I can step back and see the impact, right. and I and I have to as a professional as an academic, you have to appreciate it even if you don't like it. And I, and again, I have two young children, so I'm hearing eleven and nine miles and okay. Savannah. So right. they're a boy and a girl. So they're you know they they're panda, they're dabbing, they're jump man, jump man, all sorts of stuff. So, at some point, I have to kind of like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, all right, well, listen, you're a good kid. And if you like Jumpman, maybe there is something in Jumpman that I'm missing. So, I will give it another listen. And right. I'll be like, okay, I appreciate it sort of for this. And I think you can kind of not put things in a box, but you have to put things, you know, everywhere that, you know, where they're supposed to go. I don't think Future needs me to buy his records. Mm. So, Future's probably like, the hell with you, Wes. Right. I'm like, all right, what well, the hell with you, Future? And we can shake hands and be. Friends, but we ain't got to be, you know. You ain't coming to the cookout or nothing.
0: So where do you stand, man? <laughs> I got of, of all people, you know. My thing is, yeah, I'm a, I'm a heavy critic of the music. Definitely a heavy critic of the music, but you can sway me based on your live performance.
2: Mm. Is that so how designer got you?
0: Design, but you, but you know what? The energy on, on Panda is ridiculous, and 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 really the first time I heard it was on Life of Pablo, and I was like, yo your future got a hit
1: but then uh, <laughs> future got a hit
0: and then you you know what i'm saying but but but, mm-hmm. but at the same time like you know this this i'm going to tell you when my my when my perspective changed this is when i was at the source in 2011 and 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 the game started changing again it was like you know action bronson um um our future uh, but the presence that we all couldn't get around was Lil b so the first time i heard some Lil b shit i was like this is this is where we going? <laughs> this is the, where the fuck we going? Like, we, we failed. <laughs> and then I saw him perform um, at the High Line. And I remember sitting next to Miss Info and saying, we don't know what the fuck is going on, but this is one of the top five rap shows we've ever been to.
2: Like, it was just. And was, she agreed she agree with you? We both said that
0: at the wow. same time. Like, it was some crazy. Yeah,
1: it was a crazy phenomenon.
0: Just, so then later on, I had the opportunity to speak to little B. And he said, I mean, the dude was just so poignant. He's like, yo, shit is changing. Like, the, the guard is changing. And we have a choice. You could either be a rap conservative or a rap liberal. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could be a rap Democrat or you could be a rap Republican. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I, I gotta stand on the on the rap liberal side because I want to be open. I don't want, ever want to be that guy. I was that guy. Yeah. I was that guy that was like, yo, fuck soldier Boy until I saw my kids enjoying the soldier boy dance. And I remember when, when B be, even before sugar Hill gang came out, when I was listening to the mixtapes, how cat how the R and B cats was like, that's not music. Yeah. Tie your laces. What the, what this, you, sh, you should have sloppy. There's not an art form. And I never want to be that guy for the next generation, even though I might not understand it.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that's, a, I think that argument is a setup. Right. So therefore, if I don't like little B, I'm some sort of conservative, regressive, old fart and we never actually get the discussion are you dope or not right right they hide behind mm-hmm. liberalism right and it's not that i don't like young dudes i don't like you let's talk about you and your verses and your song structure and let's talk about i don't really like i, I don't like the image of designer with his eyes bugging out running up and down the aisles of the BET show i just don't like that right. as a black man i'm like yo can we stop? You can have your energy. There's a little bit of too much coon, and the coon mm. quotient is a little too high. Right. Especially then you see Kendrick has energy, and that's a whole different. I'm not worried. About, and and his coon quotient is pretty much at zero. You know, Jesse Williams sorry, has energy. Wait, you said coon quotient? quotient? Nice. Like your number, your coon quotient is is zero. Phrase today, right? Designer, you're like seventy five, right. right? And your energy is both very high. Jesse Williams, coon quotient at zero. Energy is like so. Don't tell me that energy you have to be out with your eyes bugging out. So I'm just let's have a conversation. But you do
0: realize also that, and, and I like that. I like the coon quotient. But you do you do realize also like there's there's some pool where we all will agree this motherfucker's cooning, and then there's the subjective area where. So because I remember. My favorite MC at the time, my favorite MT, MC, Jay Z, disappointed me so much when he made do rags an acceptable garb across. Like I was so disappointed when the <laughs> motherfuckers was coming to work
1: you had
0: in do rags. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm saying it's just that right. image of do rags, which was something that was casual in the hood. You made you you, you made that in Jersey. a thing. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right.
2: Right. So, right. No, I understand. And, and, and so, at the
0: time, to me, he, Jay-Z had he some cool... Coo- yeah, because it's like, yo, my nigga, like, what the fuck? Like, well, you, we you, you're, the, you're, the, you're the best rapper in the game, and you got everybody wearing do-rags.
2: Uh, okay. I don't know. I'm so, not, I, mean, I was You understand at, what I'm saying? I don't... I, I, mean, I, I mean, I remember back in the days, I had a stock cap on trying to get waved. <laughs> right. So but that, you
0: kept that shit in the crib, or in, in you know what I'm saying? true, true. On true. the block, but you wasn't...
2: Yeah, you never wore that. Exactly. Outfit. Yeah, you you wasn't allowed. So to that's that what out.
0: I'm saying like there's definitely a, an acceptable pool where we all agree that shit is cooning and then there's this subjective area.
2: Right, which is which is all fair. So maybe what you call you, you know, you give him energy and I call it cooler. So there's a debate. But I'm saying let's have that debate. Right. And then let's let's empirically lay out the data and try to sort of have a respectful debate. Right. I don't need to turn you, I'm not trying to turn you off a designer. Right, of course. And you I'm not trying to design? turn you
0: on the, right. the design. Right. So it's
2: it's fine. He just right. is, and we can be intelligent and discuss. Yep. But I don't like it when it's like, oh, well, now you're the old guy, he Wes. Is. Like, no, I am the old guy. But I've also put on Cole, I put I booked Kendrick in two thousand eleven, before section eighty came out, like Lupe Fiasco, I had currency, like I could run down the young boys that I put on. It's you, B. You're whack. Stop trying to hide behind this sort of this mirror. And old guy, you can't hide behind it you know, either. So yeah. I, I think I think that thing we need to just have an honest sort of sort of conversation. And I do resent when I get called like the old. Backpacking, and fart. And you just <laughs> want to go back to the golden era, and I'm like, no. Nah, I, 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 again, I'm an academic. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go back. There man. was Vanilla Ice and Hammer, and I, I, I will gladly, you know, snow. There was tons of things that I am embarrassed. Going for.
0: back, man, do you have a lot more appreciation for Hammer?
2: I, I do. Yes, <laughs> I think Hammer has gotten better. The editor of Time has been kind to Hammer because all of his sort of his coon quotient has been sort of we forget that. And right. now he seems he's he's a he's he's a stand-up guy now. And and,
0: and, and we also got to look at, you know, just once again subjective when when New York when New York was the curator for global hip hop and when it started anything that was left that didn't fit our rap sensibilities was whack. Yeah. So for us, like we hated Hammer. But in the Bay Area out there, that was, you know what I'm saying, like just like we were hating on Luke. But, but back then, Uncle Luke was the, the smartest of all them rappers back in the day.
2: Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's a lot to be learned for, you know, I don't know if you ever read, like, uh, I was telling Jules this, Dan Charnas' Big Payback.
0: Brilliant book.
2: Right. And you start to understand the evolution of Hammer or the evolution of Luke. There's a lot of lessons to be learned professionally, business-wise. But that does not tell me that that does not mean that I have to love Shake What Your Mama Gave right. You. I can still say I think that song is whack. But Luke, I remember. Shake respect what your you. mama gave you. I don't need any of that. I don't Yo, need any of that. Listen, man,
0: life. the first time I heard that record, I was uptown. Doodoo
2: Brown. At, at,
0: at Club 2000.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In the deepest bowels of New York City. Your long, like 19. Nails, huh? Yeah, long pinky. Nah, nails. none of that shit, man. <laughs> it was like 97. <laughs> and I remember when they put that record on and Harlem jumped up. I was amazed. Yeah. I was amazed at how that record transcended. You know um, 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 regions,
2: but you know I have it. But now I have like a XM in the car, so yes. you put on like backspin, right? And uh, Doodoo Brown came on, and my kids were in the car, and I was just like, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for this song, like to have you to play that in front of your kids, and it's just like, no, no, I can't do that. I can't rock with that.
0: Over the past ten years, what artists has changed your mind or swayed you from from, from one point to the next? from from total from do, total disapproval to like you know what I, I see it right now and I get Pusha T Pusha T
2: <clears throat> I was never really a huge clips fan coming up I booked Pusha T begrudgingly begrudgingly um, Yeah cuz I just you know the I was just not a fan Right But again the businessman could move separate and be like this dude is going to is the new legend like if you were 10 years younger than me and clips came on when you were in junior high school he is like the the G rap or whatever. So I said, I want to I want to create a space where pusher can, can, can be, and, right. and be on our stage, super professional, good energy, handle this business, did a clean, concise set, made me a fan of things I didn't really like before. That did was, you go when, back
0: and listen to the clips, discography.
2: Then, you know, then to go back to, I mean, I like the clips hits, you know, right. like the, you know, fried chicken, the Popeye's, right. you know, and, and grinding. And I liked all of that. But, you know, then I go back to Mr. Me Too and I'm like, yeah, you know what? They they have a place. And I, I see I see their place in hip hop. Right. And I appreciate it and I actually like it. But I tell you the biggest one is is that turned me over was Kendrick. I did not want to book Kendrick Why not? in two thousand eleven. I didn't get it. I'm not ashamed to admit I did not get I was, it.
0: You know what? I wasn't a big Kendrick fan because I I, I I, couldn't get past the voices. It was two bone thugs. We had already seen it. <laughs> too fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was not a Kendrick fan.
2: And I think the people, the the young guys in the office, they, they sold it too hard to me. They right. was always like, because that was the year we had Q-Tip. And I, I remember we had this meeting, and they're like, yo, we should get Kendrick. And I was like, nah. So he was like, well, what Q-Tip is to you is what Kendrick is to us. And I was like, see, now you're dead. <laughs> Don't you dare. I mean, I thought that was I was sacrilegious. That's like, this kid got a couple of mixtapes and you comparing him to q tip and a tribe called quest to see your OD in right now. And for that, I'm not going to do it, but they never gave up and they kept beating me in the head. And I finally was like, all right, fine, let's do the deal. And now I look back at that footage, like, wow, that dude was a star back. You know, he, he was a star when I look back on it and then he listened to section 80 and then, you know, mad city came out and I'm like, yeah i was wrong he and now he's you know now i think he's one of the greatest ever and i'm I'm not ashamed to admit it
0: hey yo internets this week's episode of the combat jack show is brought to you by squarespace whatever you need to build your website for squarespace provides all the tools to make it easy creating your website with squarespace is a simple intuitive process Design a best in class website web page with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. And with Squarespace Commerce, you can understand every aspect of your business with the click of a button. And something we can all appreciate is Squarespace's 24-7 customer support. No matter the problem, there's always a member of the Squarespace customer care team online ready to help you. Start your free trial today at Squarespace.com and enter offer code COMBAT to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Get your website right and set your website apart. And now back to the show. I want to go back to my question, man. Like, So my kids are in private school right now as well. But now hip-hop is the dominant form of music. It's the most acceptable form of music. So it's easier for them, you know, growing up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, to go to these, you know, Uber private schools and maintain a sense of identity because everybody wants to be them. But back then, man, how did you maintain your sense of identity when you had all of these things, man? That you were, you know, introduced mm. to kids that had all this wealth, like you—you you introduced to kids that grew up with slave money, mm. and 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 and, no and to a young kid coming from the inner city, man, that shit is a trapping. Like, how do you maintain your identity?
2: Well, I, it was. It was hip hop itself. Hip hop is what kept me from going crazy. Specifically, what, man? Like, that, what were
0: you listening to that kept you tethered to the Bronx as opposed to wanting to live in, in Nantucket?
2: Exactly. Which which I got poisoned. As they say, you know, I read this, autobi- this uh, biography on um, Iceberg Slip. He talks about being street poisoned, you know, how you get caught up in that life of a hustler. And I got poisoned by those private schools. And I think you know house, you have kids so. in there. House oh well they tell you, you know what I'm saying you 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 eat government cheese, you know, in Soundview and then you go to Park Avenue, dude got a duplex, you know, with two cribs in the whole, you know, one on the one apartment on the you right know, side. I didn't know there were the houses in apartment buildings. Exactly. I didn't a know there were fucking houses. <laughs> yes. With doormen and cooks and this that and the third and you sit there and you're like, so that's shit and this is the shit. Right. And you have people sometimes, you know, my parents who did not necessarily understand, who are like, "We got to get you out of here. You going to the school is the pinnacle of success." And then these people in here, like, "It's it's so nice, you know, your little black friend is coming over." They they poison you. They poison you into thinking that your culture, your color, your neighborhood, your, your circum- friends, your circumstances is is to be dangerous. ashamed
0: of your your circumstances that that got you there.
2: It's and it's not even. It's not even. I don't think it's even. It's not even um, veiled. It's not hidden. Buckley was very clear on that. You should be happy that we let your black ass in this room with all these good white folk. Yes. And don't act up. Don't you know what I'm saying? Know your place. Keep, don't know your place. Keep your hair cut. Wear these shoes. Don't play. You know. Don't bring this music. He was
0: rocking the boat shoes.
2: Yeah, I had. No, I was a penny loafer. Loaf I, loaf. I had a penny loafer. Then I had the black choice that you put the dime in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You now I was hooking it up. Though. Okay. You know, okay. I was flying <laughs> with it though. No, no. Me, you know, my brother taught me how to hook it up, and we could go back home and still be fresh. But I think you had to do this, so you it, it was very difficult when I got to boarding school. Which I is was,
0: even more difficult because you're not even.
2: There's no home to go back. To.
0: And it's and it's a very formative period of, yeah, of yeah, your I
2: life. Tenth grade, so what am I like? 14, 15 years old. Puberty, you know, you're starting getting chasing girls for the first time. But to your long, to get to your to answer, my first year at Lawrenceville was uh, Three Feet High and Rising was mm-hmm. out and Rakim uh, followed a leader. Mm-hmm. I listened to Follow the Leader, that song, every morning when I woke up. I would wake up and I would sit there and almost, I guess, almost meditate to it. And I had a pair of uh, Stan Smiths and I wrote Follow the Leader on the soul. So when I would be in class, I would cross my legs and I would be in here and I would think about what Rakim said is like, you're here to be a leader. You're here to learn. You can't quit. You can't give up. You know, everyone has worked so hard to get you in here. Stop your moaning and groaning about being homesick and kill the anxiety and kill the depression and go and rock this. So it was that. And that, that was my mantra follow the leader. But, um, it was Three Feet High and Rising. De La Soul told me it was okay to be a different kind of black kid. Mm. You could be a little bit weird. You could listen to Hall & Oates. Because I, I knew Hall and & Oates and Duran Duran and Depeche Mode from you know my white friends at Buckley. But then you go home to Sanford, you have to tuck all that away. Right. And then it's all G-Rap and Red Alert. But De La, Parson, Dave was like, nah, that's cool. In fact, it's actually dope when you can mix them together. And then I was like, well... Done. I got I, then I'll just be I want it to be pasta news.
0: See that's the answer I was looking for, man, because um to me when I was at Georgetown, particularly at Georgetown law, man, um where you know law school's a whole different level and you're just constantly under assault. Yeah. And it's very easy, man, particularly in the in the eighties, man, with the with the law books and, and all the white people in the cocaine. To really maintain your identity, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I was fortunate back then, man. That that my mantra was um, "Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Mind." Oh, no, no doubt. And you know, I like like you played, follow the leader every day. Like I played the entire, like even like yo, like 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 nine, my nine millimeter go bang uh, yeah. gave me the drive to get through all that shit, man. Yeah. And so 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 it's, it's important, man, that 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 you have that tether that that identifiable mantra is something that keeps you rooted man
2: yeah yeah you go i mean i i i don't know if i if i didn't have it i don't know where my life would be and then i made a lot of you know you you become know the self i got spent a lot of those hard times in that dorm room where i felt like nobody could understand me and it was the best times you know that those hardships and then i know who i was like
0: solitary like being solitary
2: (laughs) yeah and you see there's an upside to it and you just it's just me and you. What you going to do? Exactly. You going to hit these books, we going to rock it or you going to go home and go to 123 and potentially get caught up in everything that you see people get caught up in. I got guys did 18 years and you know that was a co- you know crack era was was you know the the jeeps and all of that and it was like do you want to do that? And I was like, eh, I'm good. I stay mm-hmm. here and I met a lot of good. I met a lot of good. At, when I got to Lawrenceville I met a lot of a different a wider swath of rich people. Right. And then you get some good guys in there. Right. Still a lot of slave money, though. Of course, of course. You a know? lot of slave
0: money. A lot of slave You money. know, uh, I ran into a white woman, um, and she brings up your name, and she says, this guy is famous for
2: lacrosse. <laughs> See, that's the boarding school.
0: It? So so you played lacrosse.
2: Yeah. So I my last year at Buckley, in ninth grade, I picked up lacrosse because I had a terrible baseball coach. Right. And I just quit. And my... Football and basketball coach was a lacrosse coach, so I just played wherever he was going. Because Mister McCartney, who passed away, I just wanted to be with him. I got to Lawrenceville, kept on playing. We had like a, you know, nationally ranked team. You know, I was a bench rider on there, but I loved the game. And some of my best friends are were dudes I played lacrosse with.
0: That's a tough sport. Uh,
2: nah, it's it's no tougher than anything else, right? But it's it's actually I think it's perfect for. I actually think it's it's perfect for black kids. And and, and and city kids, black or white. Why so? Because it's basically football minus the concussions, but it moves like basketball. Mm-hmm. So pick and rolls, fast breaks, it's all the so same. So let's, let's, let's,
0: let's wear and tear on the body.
2: Yeah, it's not a collision sport like right. football. So if you have a, a – like my son, if you want to mix it up, you can mix it up without banging your head into – you know grape juice,
0: but what she told me is like you're one of the like one of the top rated like coaches in the city in New York City uh, lacrosse. Well, I don't
2: know, if, I don't know who rated, but, that, but
0: but but you're very involved.
2: Yeah, so I co- and well, very well known
0: well, in the game.
2: Yeah, well that was that's the one I love. You know the woman we're talking about is great, and her, and a kid is one of one of the kids I coached. But the Brooklyn Crescents is a team that I co-founded with five other people um, to do this very thing to bring the sport of lacrosse to to the city primarily to like central Brooklyn to get some more diversity in the game. Because again, my whole lacrosse career, you know, was maybe me and one other black kid, right. you know, on the whole tournament and the whole situation. And it's, it's a great sport. And I just wanted to turn more kids into it. But then now we get, you know, our team is fantastic. we got black kids, white kids, Italian, Jewish, Asian, Puerto Rican, you know, biracial, all types of mixes of it. And we go to these little suburban towns and house them. Right. Cause these poor white kids just don't know what to do when they see, you know.
0: Do they do they freak out because of the physical impression that y'all make, or is it because of the training as well?
2: Yeah, there's that there's that stereotype. They think we're going to be sort of more physical aggressive, and violent, right, right? Which we're not. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, I mean, I, I, we've had a couple instances this season, man. They they get the the parents, the coaches, the players. They when we start winning, they get pissed to the point where kids have been violent, like.
0: Like this is not fair.
2: Yes, yes. They smacked my boys in the back with back with a stick. Mm. You know they've they've.
0: The, did your boys kick ass afterwards, man? Like nah, did, did they mix it up or nah, no?
2: No, because we you know we know you don't do that. Right. You just get you know just keep your composure and then we go out there and smoke them by six goals. Right. Peace. Thanks. Have fun with that. The sport is mine now. Right. That's the greatest mm. revenge. You know they they've done things to my son. I've had to hold myself back, but it's. I mean, I've had all these theories. It's like this Trumpification of like everything is slipping away from us. We had this sport. We man It was private schools, upper crust, boarding schools, Ivy League.
0: We had our tokens, but we let them in. And, yes, and right. They, and they knew you, their place.
2: And they're mad. I think some people they look at me and they'd be like, "See, I told you we should have never let that Negro in here." I mean, that's really why I think Brexit. You guys are talking Brexit and Trump is like, "See, I told you you should have never let them in in the first place." Now we and can't kick them out while we still can, while we still can. Right? And they're panicking. But my, but I love my, you know, because we have, you know, Cobble Hill, you know, one percent kid who lives in a beautiful house, and then I got a Bay Ridge. You know, Irish dude who's who's me and the Irish dude is like, yo, me and you is more brothers than maybe even some black dudes I know. You know what I'm saying? So our team is just a wonderful mix and that and that crazy mix together makes makes us I think one of the best teams in the in the region. I could
0: imagine also, man, that it opens up so many doors for you.
2: It does. It does. Uh you know, um we got kids going to I've got kids going to, you know, Wesleyan and uh, you know, William and Mary playing ball. I've had kids going to boarding school. It opens up, they get to poly prep and some of these more elite schools. But it's not even, that's, I don't even want to measure the success like that. Right. We're raising, we've just raised a lot of good young men who are now, you know, growing their own families, getting married, and they're just, they're honorable dudes. Where they went to school is, is somewhat irrelevant. I don't
0: know. Yo, when Jay-Z sub Drake and said that he was soft like lacrosse, Remember that? Yeah, we didn't like that. How, what did you think about that, man?
2: <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like that. We, I think we, I think all the coaches would like hit me on my Facebook page, like, "Yo, West, go talk to, to Hove. go 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 talk to Hov and tell him the top." But you know, the funny thing, I think it was like Paul Rabel, a couple of like the the major dudes, um, put together like clips of them playing lacrosse and were trying to send it to him, be like, "Oh, you think we saw? Because you know those college dudes, you know they six four Right brolic, yeah. you know, not so crazy, you know, Canadians or whatever. So, yeah, we was quite offended by that.
0: How did you come up with the idea of the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival?
2: Um, in 2004, me and my wife, Ebony, who's also my partner in this, went to New Orleans Jazz Fest and had just a fantastic time. And I said to myself, you know, maybe months later, I was like, you know what, we should do something like that for Brooklyn, but for hip hop. And then it just, you know, one day I was in the gym and working out trying to get rid of the beer belly, and I was like, the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, let's do it. And then it just, it, it's not very sexy story. And then I came into the office one day, I said, y'all, I got an idea. I want to do like this hip hop festival Where were you
0: working at the time?
2: Well, I was working, I was, I, I've been running my own business ever since I got out of school. I maybe had a straight job for maybe a year. Right. Um, So at that, I had Seven Heads Entertainment, which was my first company. Which was an entertainment company? Which was a record label management and college radio promotions. That morphed into the Room Service Group, which was like a digital marketing firm. And then that turned into Brooklyn Bodega, which now produces the festival. But at the time, it was Room Service. And we had um, Geffen and Def Jam and Capital as our clients. And they did not believe... That the digital marketing that we were doing. This is like two thousand and four, oh, two thousand five. No, no reason to believe in it. They didn't like believe that. it. Right. They didn't. They, they didn't think we were doing anything. So we said, let's do a, an event to bring all the customers, the kids out, to prove to them that we worth these invoices. So the festival really was a was was supposed to be a commercial for the marketing company right. to to justify our money. But the, after the first moment, we did it. We were like later for the marketing company, is about this. Right. So, um, but that's all it was. That was the idea is just to give back and, and help redefine hip-hop and redefine Brooklyn because people had these impressions of Brooklyn that I didn't find to be true. People had possession, you know, um, uh, ideas about what hip-hop was that I did not think were true. So I said, let's create a space where we can lay out all the different, you know, sides of it. You know the the Jewish Brooklyn, the West Indian Brooklyn, the the WASPy Brooklyn, the bougie Black Brooklyn. Let's bring out the old school. You know the Chicago hip hop, Big Daddy Kane. You know let's do New Orleans and let's just throw it all out there. Not throw it out there. Let's actually place it out there in a curated right. fashion so we could come and get a better appreciation. How,
0: I mean, you know, some of the best ideas. Most of us come up with amazing ideas. How do you ex- execute?
2: Yeah, that's delivering. The
0: tough part, right? the first Brooklyn hip-hop festival, where do you get the money from? Like, how do you put that shit together?
2: Well, oddly enough, to bring the stories together, at the time, one of my boys that I had played lacrosse with mm-hmm. at Lawrenceville,
0: this, this is where it comes together. This is where it comes together. My right.
2: man, Robin Ottaway, him and his brother had just uh, bought had just bought, into, bought a stake in a Brooklyn brewery. Mm. So he moves to Brooklyn, and he kind of is like, yo, we need to kind of... We started hanging out together. He was like, yo, we should do something together. I don't want the Brooklyn Brewery to be just for this Williamsburg, yuppie, white, male, you know... Hipster. Hipster type. Gentrifier. He was like, right. I want to be all to Brooklyn. I want to be like how Heineken." He's like, why the hell is Heineken... Why, why are West Indians buying, you know, drinking this this, this Dutch beer. Heineken is good as fuck, though. (laughs) It's good, but, you know, they were like, but I'm here. Like, I'm in Brooklyn, and and I'm losing to a Dutch company? I don't understand it. And he's like, we have to expand our reach. So we were trying to figure out a way to work together. So when I had this idea, I was like, yo, Robin, I got this idea to do a festival, and they basically were like, I love it. What do you need? And we did the first festival in their parking lot of one of their warehouses, and... How
0: many people came out about?
2: Maybe 2,000, maybe Damn, 15. Damn, how do
0: you get 2,000 on your first?
2: Maybe it was like, now. Nah, let me not Let me not. super. I, it was I probably mean, close yeah. to like 1,500. Okay.
0: Who was the headliner <laughs> at the time?
2: It was uh, Brand Nubian right. and Little Brother were okay. the headline. Which, which they, they were huge at the time. Yeah, Little Brother was on the rise. And that's when we started this idea of a legend, an old school and a new school. right? And you pair them together so that Brand Nubian fans come to see Poobah and then they see, you know, they got to sit through Fonte. And they're like, you know what? These young kids, you know, they got a nice little wave. And then the old guys would be like, all right, y'all keep talking about all these old farts. Let me check them out. So that's how we did it. And and I think, uh, you know, not to belabor the point, but it was just organic. People wanted it because in that digital world, and you're probably seeing it when you go on tour, they hear y'all, but, they, but there becomes a metaphysical need to see you, right. they want to see you. They, they want, want to, to touch, touch you. us, right? Yeah. And that's what was beginning to happen. Everything was online, and people were like, "This is cool," but I want to go and have a beer, and I want to, Experience. I want to be with other people. Yeah. Um, so I think we tapped into that energy uh, immediately. How do
0: you manage violence, man? Because that that is also unfortunately a part of our culture. Where you know, I mean, we we we, we some we some energetic people, yeah, and and, and 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 we're very emotional. And I don't think that's even a bad thing, yeah. But, but how do you manage violence? Like, what's the worst incident that happened at a festival, man?
2: We've had no incidents of violence. At, at all. And the only incident is people getting too drunk. Right. Which happened literally maybe two, three times. Right. We've not so had So they any get too violence. drunk and what happens? You know, it's hot. They pass out. Right. The security got to, you know, take them out back. Right, right. Throw some water in their face and kick them out. Um, but we haven't had any violence. You know what I'm saying? Knock on wood. You know, we just haven't had it. And I think the my approach is... Don't put it out there. You know what I mean. Like, I mean, it's the same reason. Why there's no security when I came up in here? That would oh, just... we've had some
0: security sometimes. <laughs> I, oh, mean, happy maybe you I mean? Right. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I
2: think you know. I think that we 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 have always been very clear about our motives, right? I just think the hardheads are like, let me not, right? Let me not do that here. And plus, we're in the middle of the day, so it's kind of. I think maybe they still sleep. What's you your know?
0: absolute worst experience? Your absolute worst, where it's like. You know now to never let that shit happen again.
2: Wow. My absolute worst experience. Um, wow. Wow. Um, probably, it was probably it would have to be in 2012 with, with Buster Rhymes, which right. was not really the worst thing in the world. Right. But Buster came on time and basically sat in his car for like an hour and a half and made us late.
0: Um was it hot that day? Was it very hot? No. Okay. Why well, yes. No, that. because I know when we had Buster on our complex show this was we had a heat wave and we had uh, like right. a makeshift yeah. air conditioning system on set and you know his handlers were like listen Hust- Buster does not handle heat well. Oh, so wow. that's why I'm asking if it was hot cuz we had to do everything in our power to make our storefront studio cool for Buster and he was cool as fuck. It was hot in there too. Yeah, but, but he was cool as fuck.
2: Maybe that was it, but he he was he basically b- burned through all of our lead time. Right. And um
0: And is there a quick is it is it a is it a is it a firm in and out? You got to get out.
2: It is the lieutenant and the sergeant standing next to the sound. Right. Like you have one more minute before I will you know, course you or, right. or force you to turn it off. So Buster was running over. He did a great show. He brought out, you know, five Rest in Peace and tip and leaders of the new school reunion. Right. We were loving it, but we were, um, we were over time. Right. And I remember this. I I remember what I had walking up and I was trying to tell the DJ how much time he had left. And I turned the corner of the stage and sitting at the bottom of the steps to go up there is Chris Lighty. Right. Wow. Who was managing Buster and Chris knew everything that was going on. And he looked at me and he looked down and he shook his head. Like, you're not, you're not getting up this stage. Right. And I was just like, dag, do I have to, you know, again, I'm a Bronx kid, violators. I grew up Mm. idolizing all of that. Right. And I was like, oh damn it. Now you put me in a position that I have to run up on one of my idols, Chris Lighty. And I just turned around, like, I'm just going to trust that Chris is going to take care of it. And as I did that, Chris goes. To, I think he must have gone to tell Buster what it was. Then Buster gets on the mic and tells everybody, "Tell West not to turn off my sound." So he blew me up.
0: Right. So you became the bad guy.
2: I became the bad guy, and I right. was just like, "Buster, that was you know, I didn't do nothing <laughs> wrong. I actually chilled, and kind of you know, at my, it was a little. I was a little pissed that at my own joint he trying to like play me out like right. I'm some sort of intern right. or whatever." <laughs> but that's that was probably the worst but that's not even that bad it was it's still an honor that was the last time a lot of people saw Chris Lighty alive so even the, even in there it's sort of like bittersweet but it's never really been that bad, man.
0: And your internet, today's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Loot Crate. Get up on your geek shit by signing up for the best monthly subscription box service that's full of the best geek gamer items and pop culture goodies. Don't be fooled by the flashy colors. Loot Crate is more than your average subscription box service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. Previous crates have included items from Harry Potter, The Walking Dead, Star Wars, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, the the, the Daredevil TV show, and more. Join us this month as we celebrate the futuristic. Blue Crate has packed July's crate with items from Popcorn's favorite, prognostications of science and the future, prognostications, Internet. Look forward tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty futurama star trek mega man and valiant comics we've got a model a figure and don't forget the monthly tea and loot pin go to lootcratecom combat and enter promo code combat at checkout to save on three dollars of your new subscription today don't forget you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m pacific to subscribe and re- re- receive that month's crate and when the crate cut when the Cutoff happens. That's it. You're assed out. Don't miss out into this. That's lootcrate.com. Promo code combat to save $3 on your new lootcrate product today. In the past 12 years, man, Brooklyn has changed dramatically. And we've gone from gentrification to like aggressive gentrification. Has anybody ever tried to co opt the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Like, how so? Let's talk about that. I mean relentlessly. Like how it's so? Let's people, talk about that. Is it's um sponsors telling me I need to book Action Bronson, you know, like you So should... they tell you,
0: Wes, you need to book Action Bronson. And so, then what do you say? Like, do you not like Action Bronson? Do you not want
2: No, well it's this thing of it's 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 these sort of how should I say it? Like outsiders to the culture, let's say the vultures, right? The professional vultures, the corporate sponsors, right? Well, yes, they. Some of them were corporate. I don't. Not all corporate sponsors. There's, yeah. there's some of them. Um, but there's people who I think have a very deliberate agenda to twist hip hop and be like, yo, you know what you should do? It should be Machine Gun Kelly, Action Bronson, um, you know, Yellow Wolf. And I mean, there was raff. you know, riffraff. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. So you want me to book basically all white guys? And he's like, yeah, because then you could appeal to this demographic and this, that, and the third. How fucking insulting is that, man? It's very. It's very, which is why they're not one of my sponsors you know, any longer. And they and they, they try to co-opt it because, listen, we're black-owned business. We're women-owned business. I think with all but one person in my office is black. Most of them are women. You walk into my office, it's unlike any other business in the game, right? It's not like you walk into the offices of these websites – or these record labels, and you, and can't, it's just see, you like, can't see a spot. Yeah, I mean, I remember I walked into, and, I, and I'm not, a... you know, face. I remember one time I had a meeting with Complex, where, where you know where you were. Yeah. And I, maybe you could speak on this. I walked in there, and I was just like, hmm. Yo, where the black people at?
0: And I've addressed that. I've dr- I addressed that recently. You know,
2: like yo, y'all talk almost exclusively about the culture, about about cultural things that even if it's sneaker stuff, is pushed out by the culture and i'm just looking at all these cubicles and i don't see any black people and we and we're going to discuss this we got jinx coming to the to the hip hop institute that's and dope. i'm going to ask this question like what's good with all of that you know I, I, I that's a bit of a concern for me because if you walked out to like if you walked into out magazine right and you saw nothing but straight men in there you'd be like where's the gay people where's the gay people at how are you talking about there's gay LBG, issues the, oh, yeah right, right and there's no lesbians in here how are you going to be walking to the anti defamation league with a bunch of Catholics in there, you know what I mean. Be like, "Yo, where are the Jewish people at?" But you talk strictly about Black people, and and I just don't see that many Black people. And then certainly at higher levels, it gets it just gets good. So I think there's, that's a bit of a concern. And they want to, and I think not necessarily complex, but there are much more nefarious brands out there who don't really want a Black guy giving a platform to another Black guy from Queensbridge to play in front of little Black kids. You know, from Farragut Projects. They're like, you know what would be better is we should get Action Bronson to play for these trust fund kids in Williamsburg. That would, that I'll fund. Right. But, you know, the Rhapsody or Jay Electronica, I don't really. Oh, the Jay Electronica pushback was hilarious.
0: Really? What was the pushback behind that?
2: I don't know. Who is this guy? I don't know if he's going to draw. You know, he's kind of washed up. Washed
0: up? He he ain't dropped his record yet.
2: So yeah. These are corporate and sponsors, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's yeah. true. That's and true. then you go up there and you see that 2014 and you see what J. Electronica is actually saying. And I'm like, I bet you don't want him up there. Right. You know, him talking about this God body and we made it. And, and, you know, the, nation. and the
0: Nation of oh. Islam right there.
2: Yeah, of course they don't want that. So um, there's a lot Nigga, of Nigga, we made it exactly
0: with Jay right. spitting that Jay spitting that Abu Naki talk too <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Jay spitting that shit like yeah. I was like yo fucking Chuck D.J.Z like
2: yeah they don't there's people who don't who don't right. necessarily want so I think people I think to sort of co-opt they, they, I've had people say you should make this a little bit more you should book these type of guys to bring these type of people and not that has I has that turned
0: you off though because I, I, I am still a big Action Bronson fan has that turned you off from for oh, bringing Action Bronson, yeah, back. absolutely, really,
2: and then Action Bronson does that thing with Ghostface, and I'm like, we done, see? Right. And this is, and this is what I'm saying it's like, see, I always knew it. Like, you gonna steal Ghost style? You know what I'm saying? And then somehow, that's what it is. This is like what Jesse Williams talking about. They take our stuff, kind of internalize it, and then try to wave their finger at us like we're not being authentic. It's like you, st- how you gonna rob? You gonna steal my car? Pull up in front of my house, and then chastise me? You know what I'm saying? For not having a good car. It's it's madness. So I don't really rock with, you know, I, for that that whole Ghostface thing where actually Munster and I was sort of done. Right. And unfortunately, his name always
1: comes up when these well, vultures in, are trying In his to do defense, it. I think that is more of a situation where... That's his voice. Um, that is that's his, his voice. voice. And he's definitely inspired and influenced by Ghostface. But I think... It must be tiring to hear the comparisons all the time. So I think he was just put in a bad position on ESPN where he just fought back, like by saying that. I don't but think what are you fighting of... back
2: against? Okay, I so it, I think he
1: prob- it wasn't calculated. It was just like something that it was, was a response. Yeah, it was like, ugh, in frustration, you know? Because from what okay. I understand, they, they you know, and, and, and well, I don't know, I don't know him, and I don't and know I Bronson,
0: I, so. I got to stand behind Action only because Action was one of our earliest. Um, guests back in 2010, and and knowing the crew that he ran with, Mayhem Loren, Mayhem Loren, the outdoorsman, definitely like, you know, um, was not banking on privilege, and it was yeah. you know it, it's just one of those unfortunate. Unfor-
2: remember he had that exchange with Azalea Banks, yes, <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I'm just sorry, okay, I have a so, problem so with I'm... a white dude in hip hop, okay, referencing a black woman like that. Like there should be, there needs to be some. Some, some so let me ask you that, a question.
0: Right, let me ask you a question. If a black dude responded in the same exact way to Azalea Banks, would you have an issue?
2: No, I okay. no, And that may be hypocritical. And, and what's, what's
0: fucked up is this. I've seen Action perform. I've seen him go scoot, scoot in the Albanian thing. And I've seen the ethnic thing come out. I've seen his crew. Mm. And it's one of those situations where it's fucked up that he grew up around such a multicultural environment so that he feels so natural expressing himself where most white boys can't yeah so i so i don't see action as an outsider stealing as much as he came up like he came up he came up with fucking queens with 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 all those cats right and i'm not defending him to sway you i'm just saying as a friend of the show i know his story and unfortunately unfortunate the unfortunate thing is he does get to reap the benefit of white privilege mm, that's yeah,
2: the only that's right. the only and unfortunate need, thing and and I would just love to hear him admit that right. more blatantly because I don't there's a lot of rappers who else got a show on vice mm. I don't know how that ha- that's right. curious well,
0: it's natural though it's you see I, I mean, see
2: vice, it though i mean I'm, that's i'm what saying. I'm that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying vice, is West, like, I'm gonna tell you vice ain't going to give vice ain't going to give you know uh, Torrey right. a show
0: let me tell you this tracks in 2010, I'm gonna tell you this. I saw it all. I tried to manage action. I was like, "Action, let's get that." I tried to fucking manage action. I swear to God, B, I I had papers and everything. It just didn't work because I saw it. Yeah, I saw it, but I also understood the kid's spirit. I went. It's not like I would sell out and get some other person that I didn't believe in right. and felt that they were stealing the culture. I was like, "You're dope as fuck. You just happen to instantly sound like ghosts." And I, I see, I see, I see you having a show on Vice. It's six years, let's get this money. because yeah. you,
2: you know what I mean. No, no, no. I get it. I get. It. And, and again, I'm gonna say he came. I remember action came when he was on to come up in 2011 when Dante was managing yes. it. Yes. You know, and so I, you know, he he supported us or whatever. But it's just some stuff like we got to just. I, I just think there's too many kind of like people slipping around, dodging different like. And let's I appreciate keep it the fact 100.
0: that you keep that 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 you stand firm. Yeah. Like I understand because you know when when it comes to us, you know. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck, but we're always. Yeah, it's cool. We always. And I get that idea. We're always
2: making these sort of things. And I'm saying that everything you say about action can be true. Right. like I can't retort right, right. it. But then what I'm saying is also true. And like I was saying before, let's have an honest discussion.
1: B. It's not enough discussion. That's the problem. There's not enough discussion. Yeah.
2: And then he needs to lead the discussion. Right. He needs to sit there and be like, you know what? I totally get it. I'm a white dude in hip hop. I'm already in the sort of danger zone because you know what? I grew up my whole life having to dance that that thing, and now obviously you can't. Don't tell me you can't do it. So I'm saying, be like, you know what? That was disrespectful to to talk to Zayya Banks like that. And and with Ghost, you should just be like, yes, I sound like Ghost every time you challenge me about this. I will say Ghost is one of the greatest MCs of all time. I love him. What's your next question? Right. What do you What are you What are you agitated about? It's, 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 what are you agitated about? Stop comparing me to Ghost. Do you not realize you sound like ghost B? Man,
0: my first interaction with, with, with action, somebody Matt Raz mm-hmm. sent me a clip of action. <laughs> this is like two thousand and nine. And I was like, yo, he sounds like a white ghost face. <laughs> And his immediate response was like, "No, I sound like a white Action Bronson." And I was like, "You know what? All right, you're gonna fight for your shit." And then, and then we got to know him. You know what I'm saying? But, but I get it. I get, I get, I get both sides. You know, there
2: was a time. This made me think about it. And again, I'm not trying. I'm, again, I'm like, I'm just trying to have a conversation. Right. I actually feel a sort of way on the other side. But when I was at UVA, I took a history of jazz class, mm-hmm. and at the time, um, what was the dude's name? Kenny G was out, and my and my professor was like. Kenny G, in an interview, said that he plays whatever the soprano saxophone, alto saxophone. And he said he, he doesn't think that John Coltrane had any influence on him as a saxophone player. And he just looked at him and was just like, you a damn liar. Right. Anybody playing that saxophone has, at some point, if, 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 if you, you're in the field. and you And if you can't connect yourself back to John Coltrane, then you're an idiot. So I think that's what I'm saying. So when you come out there and you have that sort of frenetic flow and that high pitched and you can't draw the line back to Ghostface, I'm questioning either you're trying to trick me or you're ignorant. And that's what I'm saying to you, King. I'm saying is like he should just been like, This is gonna happen. I get it. You know what I mean? But me and Ghost differ at some point. You know, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And and I understand the needling and kinda like snapping out, you know, a little bit, but I think it could have been sort of cleaned up. You know, no, but I, you I know, get the vigilance,
0: that. man. For some reason, this conversation is bringing me back to um, Fife's Memorial <laughs> that I had the fortune of attending in, in, at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. And um, on two occasions, like, you know, cats were mourning and they were, cats were talking about the great impression, the great legacy that A Tribe Called Quest left. But, and, you know, not calling people out, but Michael Rappaport got up and was like, yo, The Tribe Called Quest... It was like the Led Zeppelin. No, it was Rosenberg. Bo- said no, that. both of both of them. Oh, they both said? Both that? said. It. I think, I think, I mean, and you could quote me. You, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you know, paraphrasing. But Rappaport said either Led Zeppelin, and then uh, Rosenberg said another group, and then Kanye get. I was like, don't come up here mm. comparing them to the yes. white greats. Like, how insulting is that? That you're at this man's memorial and you're comparing a tribe called Quest to a white great. Yep. Not saying that white there are not any white greats, but there's so many. Right. Black, why can't we change the paradigm? Why can't all of us? Because the par- so you're going to compare a tribe called Quest to the Beatles and not Earth, Wind and Fire or right. Miles Davis or whatever.
2: Right? Or Paul, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's disrespectful. But I think it is, and this is goes back to I think. And we're I'm talking glad about- that Kanye.
0: Was Kanye that called him? It was Kanye, was Kanye called that called him. Cry- i don't wanna, crazy. said, I
2: don't want to hear no Led Zeppelin tonight. Don't right. talk, don't reference them again. I, that's why I love Kanye, because he stands up for these things, and he sees it probably like we all see it, the underbelly of it. And to the question we were talking about, there's, it's, it's, it's still the battle for white supremacy. Hmm. You're good. It's, it's, you guys it's, are kind of like the Howard Stern of right, hip-hop. Right. So, oh, okay. And who are you talking to? You're talking to other white people. You know what I mean? So it's, you're, right. we're constantly trying to justify ourselves next to them. I spent my entire, you know, adolescence with that poison in my system. You know, what I'm saying like, oh, you're you're a good kid, West. You're smart because you go to school with these white kids. Right. Because if you go to school with black kids, obviously you're dumb. Right? Of or course, or that's some, what it some, is.
0: Something's a little criminal about you.
2: That's the poison that right. we've been fed to be like, no, I'm just smart wherever I go tribe is brilliant wherever we go so so I, I i i that's the same thing it drives me crazy and i want to call that call it out you know because some people maybe like a rap report, may do it sort of not maliciously i don't know i i question rosenberg's motivations with i think it. i think both
0: comments i think both statements were they weren't coming from ill intent as much as but how their is, their their paradigm like you know what I'm saying, their paradigm of how they see things and what they're comparing things to and not understanding the sensitivity of the lenses that we constantly fight yeah. to readjust and reshape and reframe man
2: right right right, but I still think it's it's it it's it's gotta be we you have to be called on it and we gotta have a a discussion about it, you know what i mean uh because there again there are elements. And there's people that we were partners with with the festival who this is their business plan, you know, to reshape Brooklyn. You know, we want we represent Brooklyn, but we want it to be the new Brooklyn. We do not want to put, you know, we do not want do we not want to put that kid. We don't put the Puerto Rican kid from Williamsburg on the cover. We will put the white kid with the beard on the cover. It's these forces are very much.
0: And you pro- and you see it. You see oh, I've seen it. And that was also part of my question. Not only necessarily the sponsors, but the actual borough itself. What are the fights that you fight, man?
2: Yeah, it's to say Well, it's to say, I must say that the municipal part of what we do are probably the most enlightened people that I deal with. They're more enlightened than the industry people. You know, the people at Brooklyn Bridge Park, uh, you know, Regina Meyer who runs the park, middle-aged white woman, you look at her, I don't think you'd ever think she's a hip-hop fan. But she's in here like we need when we left to go to Williamsburg and we came back. She's like, we want you back. We need this because if you don't come, this park is going to get overrun by right. the Dumbo Brooklyn High crew, and I'm not about that life. Right. And you kind of look at her like, but. Aren't you about that life? And she's, you know, like, no, I'm about diversity, new music, I want salsa music, I want hip hop music, I want black people, I want brown people. I want all of Brooklyn in my park. So, I think she's been great, you know, uh Marty Marcus who was the old uh, borough president. Great. They get it. They get they, it. They totally get it, you know. So, I think
0: the it, old girl, I mean the old Brooklyn girl that understands the value of yeah. a a truly diverse Brooklyn.
2: They do. Like, they, yo, they really yo,
0: do. I'm going to tell you, man. Honestly, man, um, I'm so disenchanted with Brooklyn right now. Yeah. Like, honestly, man. Because, cause, you know, I, I've I, I've lived here all my life. I got nothing for love for Brooklyn. But but every now and then I question what Bro- Brooklyn has love for me, man. Mm.
2: It doesn't. It. They want to get you out. Yeah. I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can stop not, not dancing around. Them, or but romanticizing what, what Brooklyn is. Listen, you go in there like where I live – you know, we went out one Sunday and I walking around my block, which used to be sort of Clinton Hill uh bed style sort of area, you walk around like where are the black people at? Right. walking to a restaurant, they looking at us. You know, walking with me and my family. I'm like, Yo, B, you on Class and Avenue. How how is this? How did this happen? And they want to how, make how
0: you-, are you an outsider How did I become an outsider?
2: Because the invaders come in. They come in, they buy out. You know the old lady down the block who bought the place for thirty grand, thirty twenty five, right in nineteen sixty nine. And they come and they redo it and they jack it up. And then they they don't they don't want to support affordable housing. They want us gone. I just I think there's there's very strong elements that want us gone, and we just need to call it out and say, I'm not going to let you do it, or I'm going to fight. I'm going to hold on to my property. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to advocate in the community, and we have to sort of push. You know, back against it, but yeah, they want to change. They want to change Brooklyn. You know,
0: I, I mean, just, Brooklyn's
2: changed. And I mean, of, is the fight lost? No, I don't think it's lost because right. you can't get still rid of everybody. Right, right. You here, we right. hear. You know, I don't you, know.
0: I'm looking at L.A., man. <laughs> I'm looking at L.A. West. <laughs> you L- know, like listen, that. man. Life <laughs> no. is hard in New York right now, man. Life is so fucking hard right now, man. Take that brand to L.A. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about it. You ain't going nowhere. Listen, going man. There. Listen. You
2: two, New York. Look at you. Listen, man. New I went York. out.
0: Listen, I went out there, Yo. and saw Tax and flip flops in the studio. Like my, my dude, Tax is like, "What's <laughs> up, beloved?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, hey, what up, LA?" <laughs> oh, he didn't move out there though, did he? Oh, I he, mean, he did his little West Coast. He's, he's bi-coastal, okay. But LA is treating him very well, man. And then running into cats like you know, Crooked, Crooked Eye. Like, yo, OG, like we fucks with the combat jack show. Heavy out. Like getting that real West Coast love. Hey, hey, aye. They open Pandora's box. Aye. (laughs) What you say, can
1: you die to go to LA? I've never been to LA, so I don't know. I might I might go out there and then
2: get turned out. Hey. Hey. Wait you get stuck on that four or five one time and realize you you know drive to get a that's true. I mean, that's a a, whole different thing.
0: Knowing how to move. I I am a New Yorker true and true I know how to move I know the back streets I know how to get to that Brooklyn Bridge when everybody's on that fucking Flatbush Avenue exactly, exactly. you know what I'm saying um, we gotta do something together I know we've been trying to do something together for a while man yes and, and this year unfortunately this year my schedule's just just, just swamped man. I'm going to the UK sure but the you week coming out. back but though. you coming for the well doing I mean, the, doing I, mean I, I, I want to but somebody just said they might extend the trip to Paris uh, and Zurich come on Paris and Zurich, my nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, but Paris and Zurich, Brooklyn, Paris and Zurich. I mean,
2: I, listen, listen, I mean, hey, I, I would love for you to come, <laughs> I, back. Not, I, and I come out,
0: and I want to come out, and I know we have something planned, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it may be subject. Listen, everything is, I say we yeah, all, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I just can't rely on that, on the, on the, on the, on a, whatever the fucking British. Come up with I gotta get some of that 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 the euro I gotta get some you of that real euro. euros yeah just pounds yeah what are your what are your ideas what's what's next in terms of like the thing is working for you man you've definitely established what the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival is man how do you change it how do you how do you change it to, to so that it adapts with where we're going what hip hop is
2: <laughs> yeah our, our goal is we've said this since last year is not to grow vertically like yeah. I don't want to put twenty thousand people in the park and be like the East Coast Coachella, all of that stuff. We want to grow horizontally. We want to take over. So we went from one day, now we're back to we're at four days. And the Hip Hop Institute, the Dummy Clap Film Festival, which hopefully you, you're going to come back and help us with the Juice Hip Hop Exhibition, which is which is Jewel's baby. So we want to we want to just have these lead up events become bigger. So I would love for the Hip Hop Institute to become as big of a draw as the finale concert. Right. So we can have a place where we can have
0: these discussions and discourse.
2: This discussion. And yeah. is this
0: what you mentioned earlier about uh, wanting to talk about the issues of mental health in the whole night? Is this?
2: Yes. So at the Hip Hop Institute, we're going to have a panel talking about this because between Fife, Sean Price, mm. uh, Capital Steez, you know, we're dealing with. A lot. I'm, I'll tell you lot. this:
0: I'm working on a side project right now with Chris Lighty. He dealt with a lot of mental issues, man. Yeah, like a lot of people don't know that, man. Like a lot of us suffer quietly to our, to, to 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 our detriment, yeah. to our demise because it's not an issue we can talk about.
2: Yeah, I mean, my Alexa, I'm not. Sure. I deal with depression and anxiety ever since I was little, and you know, growing up, you were not allowed to talk about that. It was, you know, stop complaining, stop moping, and it was only when you get older, like, yo, this is. This is this is something, and you know we need to go see therapists, and we need to go to the doctor more. We have to take care, you know. We have to take care of our health. We're, you know, these young black men are dying, you know, at a long rate. rates. So I remember when Chris Lighty uh, committed suicide. I was talking to uh, Muhammad, who was like the longtime head of security for um, Tribe, and actually runs our private security for the festival, and they were like. You know, I, you know, his wife might have did it. They just, they came up with all these theories. I mean, there's
0: a lot of, I mean, go, going deep into that whole situation, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. They're like, huh?
2: And but. they said he was like, oh, yeah, he was always, he would sometimes, I guess, be depressed, and he would talk about it. But now nah, he's a man, and he wouldn't do it. And I was just like, see, that's part mm-hmm. of the problem. So now if Chris ever felt like he wanted to go to a therapist mm-hmm. or wanted to come to your house and just cry, you, we created this barrier that he he didn't do, which makes him kind of retreat back and deal with himself. And then it just unfortunately seemed like it got too much. We need to open up those things. And I'm going to tell like, you something you okay. need
0: to talk to, and I don't want to let everything out. You should talk to Fat Joe about oh, really? mental health and depression.
2: Really? That's a gem. Okay. If All you right. can. I, I, We've trying to get Joe to come to the yeah, this. But no, no, I mean. I, will, I would love to do it. And yeah. I think we could just sort of, you know, just put it out there. There's nothing. But David, we'll do it.
1: David Bannon was. Uh, David Vanessa on the about show and you know? he, he revealed that he was going through it. Yeah. You
2: know? But you know we have it. You go to the barbershop, right? And you sit down there, <laughs> you're talking to your barber, or how many times people just go to the barbershop and sit there all day, Talk about that So our therapy session. So don't act like you don't do it.
0: Are you going to talk about uh also like very real life urban PTSD?
2: Yeah, that's actually one of one of the the moderator uh, Mona Fa- uh Faizan talks as talk about that uh and the post was it post 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 post-traumatic slavery post-traumatic slavery which is a whole bigger issue right that's a whole bigger get into that which is this sort of like you know don't you know there's so
0: much trauma that we carry on from slavery
2: yep but i think you're right black people
0: don't suffer we're just you know magic
2: (laughs) (laughs) magic. but yeah we're going to get into that and i think that's what uh, you know, I think dealing with, um, just not to go on and on, but I, I remember having a conversation with somebody um, who was just talking about the amount of weed that people smoke in hip-hop. That now Mad it's weed. it's it's reached levels that, like, these guys are clearly self-medicating. There's just no question about it. It's a blunt here and there, but, you know, six blunts in an hour. You got something six else. Six
0: blunts in an hour? Bumbacloud. Two
2: hours. Yeah, somebody told me they were driving to South by Southwest, and they... they Took a flight into San Antonio and, and drove to Austin. Maybe that's like two hours. And somehow they had smoked like two guys smoked like six, to eight blunts. Probably- Did you smoke less? I don't smoke no more. I okay. used to, but I can't. I get, I get um, paranoid. Get the oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I need like I keep saying when they get the official like I need like the Michelob Ultra of weed, like the real. <laughs> Light, super light beer, right? Right? right.
0: Super light, super light weed. Yeah, I did the, one the time. Buzz, with this,
2: yo, I can't. I, I, buzz. Years ago, I tried. it. I was like, "This is this is too much for me." So I'm too
0: old. And now. I get it now. Like, like some people have, you know, and this is no diss, man, but some people say that you have the reputation of being an asshole. Me? Yes. Is that right? But but I get it now. I get it, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. Like, there's assholes that are assholes, and there's assholes an asshole that. that adjust, and I get it. Yeah, I mean, what do you feel about that, man?
2: I've, that you know, you've that, never heard that. I've never heard. Nobody
0: that. ever said it to your face. No, yo, yo,
2: what, yeah. Have you heard that, Jules? You heard that? Come on, Jules. <laughs> like, come
0: on, Jules. Like King, have you heard that?
1: I've heard that. Right. Well, I've when King it. was and in but, PSC,
2: people used to complain about me all the time. But, but
1: I will say that I used to hear it. But I used to be like, "Yo, look what this dude is doing for the culture. Nobody else is doing it." So he, you have to be of a certain temperature to be successful in this shit. And to keep continuing to be, to
2: yeah. have the drive
1: to do this, it's not easy. It's not easy. I, I mean,
2: I certainly don't look and at I, myself like that. But and I don't think it's. I, don't I think most,
1: asshole is their terminology for you just standing up for something. Well, most people, most
2: people problem with me is that I don't give them exactly what they want right. when they want. But they want it, right? Mm. To be honest, I mean, that's just, you know, I didn't book them, you know, I didn't give them a pass. I didn't at on their terms. So I, so you did know. you put
0: in that order for twenty five passes? <laughs> did you get that? Did we did we get that yet?
2: Jules, you didn't get that. You didn't get that. You didn't
0: get the. You didn't get the, the, the you know, yo, send you them know the text. Gonna, when they hear it now. They gonna be like, Yo, <laughs> <"What> up, <Serena? laughs> yo, what up? yo, West man, I really appreciate what you're doing, man.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having, man. This is this is about the best interview I've ever done. So. Uh, thank you, man. And oh. it's an honor to be here with you. I mean, this is this is a uh, this is this is it. This is where a lot of stuff started, and you thank know, you, man. you guys have built something. Wonderful that we respect and we want to support as well. So. We're not going away, man. You we're, we're, unless you go to L.A. You still or Zurich. You Skype, you know, you I'm, know. Not, I'm not
0: moving to Zurich, man. <laughs> L.A., L.A., listen, tell the internets, man, the details about how they can find tickets and everything about the,
2: about. You that. can just go to uh, BKHipHopFestival.com and get tickets for our four-day event, like I said, July 13th to the 16th. The finale concert, uh featuring Nas, Fabulous, Talib Kwali, Rhapsody, but we have the Juice Hip Hop Exhibition on Friday, Me Clap on Thursday, Hip Hop Institute on Wednesday, and shout out to Mega Evers, uh the English department of Mega Evers who is our sponsor for the first two days of the festival. Uh you can follow us at BK Hip Hop Fest on all the Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Um you know, and we we whatever your passion is, whether it be music or education or mental health, we 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 want you guys to come out there and and add your voice to the conversation.
0: What date is the finale?
2: 16th. So 16th. it's July 13th. Right. Wednesday, July 13th to Saturday, July 16th. And we're going right. to be at uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park.
0: Internets, know? man. Thanks again for the support, man. I'll see you. We come into an area near you. Uh, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then glow up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white. And the universe flows in technicolor and surrounds sound. Blah. Numinati! No, this episode of The Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menna executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.
1: Yo, my name is Jake. I'm calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I just want to let you, you guys know, everybody that's the show, that every single fucking week I tune in, and it's usually a guest that I've never even heard before, and it's always... The next episode, after every episode, is always the most informational and most entertaining. Just got done listening to the Kierna Mayo episode. What an amazing woman. What an amazing job you guys do. Please keep up the good work. You guys motivate me. I do my own podcast here in Minneapolis, and every single week uh, I try to model our show a little bit more after the Combat Jack show. So keep up the good work. Really appreciate it. You're motivating people out here. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, we all got love for you out here in Minneapolis. So appreciate you. Thank you.